0: you know what time it is no matter where you've been so let's do it again listen up and let the sun shine and we've got soul training time to practice what you preach
1: yes we do we've got soul training and here's daniel allen and joe okay don't give the easy response or easy answer, but Daniel, you go first and Joe, but don't say your wife and children don't say your home or your vehicles or your jobs or this is, I want you to be selfish. What is something that you really, really value?
0: Something I really value, Yeah, but it's, it's, it's gotta be selfish. Nothing, nothing noble.
1: Right. Yeah. Don't. I know that one time I, if we could go back in time, we asked, I wanted to go see peanut butter being made and you wanted to see (laughs) Jesus ascending, ascending to heaven and kind of dwarfed my response. So don't, yeah, don't do that. Don't be noble.
0: Okay. So something that, that is not noble that I value.
1: Yeah. Something you use every day.
0: Okay. Um, I value a, a good pillow, getting a good night's sleep means a lot more than it used to. Really?
1: Yeah. Okay, that's definitely not noble. Uh, that's good, <laughs> Joe. What's something? How about you? Well, I'm, uh, hey, I'm asking the questions here. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking, Joe.
2: Well, I've got two. Well, I've got three guitars. Okay. That mean a ton to me. Okay. There you go. One I've had for. Goodness, nearly twenty years. One I worked and saved and scrimped and did everything I could, and finally bought. That's an expensive one. And another one my wife gave to me on my fortieth surprised me. And all three of those mean a lot to me. That's what kind so- of guitars are they, real quick? I've got a G and L A set. Uh, those in the guitar world we know what that is. I've got a Paul Reed Smith Custom Twenty Two. And I've got a Taylor three fourteen acoustic.
1: You're a Telecaster.
2: The G and L is like a Telecaster. I'm a Tele guy. Okay. Uh, the G and L is like a Telecaster. Um, after Leo Fender sold Fender, he started G and L. Okay. And so it looks like a it looks like a Telecaster, but it's not seafoam green with glitter sparkles. What? Pretty sweet. You know, let me play them or something. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Uh, Well,
1: you know, since Joe threw out three things, he just opened the door. Uh, I got three things, too. Uh, I like – I'm selfish. Every morning I like a good, strong cup of coffee. First thing in – Oh, yeah, coffee. That's what I should have said. In in the morning. So That's your prized
2: possession is coffee. uh, You guys should live a little (laughs)
1: (laughs) – Coffee. And then recently – I'll do this for you, but it's my new –
2: <laughs> click it's my new, my new
1: click reader glasses and thirdly this one uh, need a good ink pen uh, or several good ink pens uh, i go back to you know my childhood days my mother and my dad were big ink pen writers and uh, so i've i have a, a taste for really good ink pens and i was actually I, I received one in our local during our local jail ministry during a baptism here recently from an attorney who was visiting a client there so I just kind of get that's just pretty much it. So it's it's my new, it's one of my new toys right now. Pretty expensive pen, but I, most time I put these things up. But I'm using this one because it was a gift. And, so if,
2: if you get a nice ink pen, is it one of those things where you just can't wait to write something down? Yeah, oh you're yeah. waiting I, for some good, <laughs> good information so you can take notes.
1: Right? Yeah, I mean, just something I can use. I'm going to bore you just real quick, but ink things I value. I've got some really ink prized ink pens that I keep quote-unquote put up, and I've got others that are kind of like in my next line of defense, like I'm going to use, some I take turns every now and then using those. And then uh, I've got my, my day-to-day work pens, which is, you know, I've usually got two or three on me. It's my day-to-day go-to-work pen. So those are things I value. You value guitars. Daniel values a good pillow and some coffee. So we're going to talk about value just for a few minutes. And obviously the value – of human life. And recently there, in this is May of 2023, that uh, in the last few weeks, there's been several, and I don't mean to distinguish between low profile and high profile, but there's been several high profile shootings in, you know, Kentucky and Tennessee, and then I think there was another one just
2: a few Texas, days,
1: Texas a few days ago at a mall. Is that right? Yeah. And so it just—I guess that we've had this discussion. It just amazes me, not in a good way. It just amazes me that people are just mad at something mad at a group or, or mad at depressed. I know that's a huge mental health issue, but where you can just roll up at a mall, get out and start shooting people. So I, when it comes to value, I, I worry about our society continues to value human life less and less and less.
2: And we should, we should put a disclaimer. I'll say the disclaimer is this is not a political discussion because this is something anytime uh, there's a shooting – uh within minutes you can turn on various channels and there's a gun rights argument then there's a mental health argument and people are just pointing pointing fingers and blame we're not trying to do that that's not who we are uh we're trying to look now at this everybody's
0: trying to take the current event and put it into whatever narrative they prefer and it really doesn't matter what the the facts of the case are it's let's 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 put this into our narrative and and push whatever type of agenda we have. We don't want to be like that. We're, yeah, that's we're right. trying to be a bigger picture than that.
2: That's right. And we're trying to look at this from a little bit different perspective of...
1: Value in human life.
2: The value of human life. Not so much gun rights or any of the other talking points. Um, that was my disclaimer. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I did want to get that out there before the... So I check our email account, and I didn't want to check <laughs> and have... <laughs> hate mail coming in
1: and of course when we think appreciate you filtering that for us yeah anytime valuing human life we always go to Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 through 28 i'll just read this real quick and then let daniel and joe you all kind of chime in to when it comes to god that god made it clear in the very first chapter of the bible that he made human life unlike all other life on earth And this comes from a quote from Apologetics Press, an article from July 2011. After creating plant life on day three and animal life on days five and six, God said this, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the, over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created a man in his own image, in the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And that comes from Genesis chapter one, verses twenty six through twenty eight. So we already see that God created man in his image, and he gave man an immortal soul. Genesis thirty five, eighteen. And the last point I'll make is according to this article, it says he made man inherently more valuable than all other life on earth. Matthew six, twenty-six through thirty. So we see how God values life and how valuable life is to God. And so it should be valuable to us too. Well, not just
2: that <clears throat> and <clears throat> man, sorry. So allergies are pretty terrible nowadays. In, uh, in Kentucky, and I've been struggling, so sorry for the raspiness. and am to clear my throat. Uh, but anyhow, John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. We have value to God. We should be valuable to each other. We should have that, that value there. Um, but if you look back through the Old Testament, and this is something that critics of Christianity will point to, is that they say God is brutal and he doesn't value human life because of all the slaughterings and the floods and different times throughout history where life was taken. Um, Daniel, we'll throw the ball to you. you. How would you answer those folks that say, well, why should we have such value for human life? Why should we put human life on a pedestal whenever God himself wasn't even doing that in the Old Testament?
0: You know, that, that could be its own standalone podcast episode talking about the, the vengeance and brutality and stuff like that that you sometimes see in the Old Testament. And, and some of that stuff gets taken out of context. You know, really, there's only uh, a couple of periods in Israelite history where you had that type of, of conquering and, and bloodshed. It's not like it actually went throughout the whole uh, time of the Old Testament. Um, So if you actually go down and isolate those things, it's, it's much less widespread than you might uh, initially get the, the appearance of. And a lot of that came in judgment of those societies. Like when the Israelites were conquering the promised land, um, God was using them to the, the Canaanites that were there before were immensely wicked people done terrible terrible things talking about child sacrifice god was in addition to delivering this land to his people the israelites he was rendering judgment on a very horrible society Uh, and, and so that was that was part of that but thinking about what what alan said and what where we really place as christians as bible believers the root of human life for us is the image of God in Majo Dei. It's, it's that whole, see for many people in the world, life is valuable because it's useful. There's a utilitarian aspect to it. So if, if life is, is enjoyable, if life doesn't involve a great amount of suffering, then that life is valuable. If that, if life is able to contribute to society, that life is valuable. And it's all about what it does rather than having intrinsic value. But there are things that we value just because they have value in and of themselves. It's not just because of what they can do for us. You know, Think about the things that you might uh, set up on your shelf or put in a display case or something that you proudly have you know, for um, guests to come in and, and see. <clears throat> it's that, but for us, it's the image of God being stamped upon us that makes the human life intrinsically valuable. Even if that life is suffering, even if that life has a lot of trials and tribulations, even if that life is inconvenient to society, to their family, to other people, that life has intrinsic value in the Christian mind, in the biblical mind, because. Because it's stamped with the image of God, you know, it's kind of like, um, kind like paper money. You guys still have paper money, <laughs> yeah. You know, more and more people getting away from it. But, um, did you know the? Do you either one of you know the largest bill uh, in U.S. circulation? Is it a thousand dollar bill? Even even more so, the largest. We don't make them anymore, but there are some in circulation. So you could find one. It's still legal tender. I had to look this up. I didn't know. But there's $10, a $10,000 bill? bill. You say 10000 10000 10, That's right. Anybody know whose picture is on that $10,000 bill? Oh my. Let's see. Uh... You will never guess.
2: Seems like one time I had a $3 bill that had Bill Clinton's picture. Is that right? <laughs>
0: Now, I don't know that that one that, that one's legal. I don't tempered. think that was a legal one. But anyway, the ten thousand dollar bill has uh Salmon P. Chase on it. That's President Lincoln's Secretary of the Treasury. Salmon P. Chase. So there's your, your useless shit. Well just a little value. more
1: trivia. You know, we well, have the Salmon P. Chase Law School at Northern Kentucky University, I think. Okay. All right.
0: Touche. That sounds well, like
1: so- touche. That sounds like a prank.
2: <laughs> Mr. Chase was like, I'll show him He's on. Yeah, the, it really uh, does. Yeah, he's but, on a. Uh, he's on the back of a five. I'm going to put my my face on the front of a ten thousand. So, so you've That's got. Good. That's um, good, when,
0: when, the the composition of a one dollar bill and a ten thousand dollar bill. They're made out of the same material, the same uh, ink, the same. Uh, uh, same the same fiber blend was used for for each. Each of them. So there are a lot of similarities. But what makes one much, much more valuable than than the other is the image stamped upon it. Life is sort of like that by the the biblical mindset. All life has value, but human life has exceptional value. Much like that that uh, Simon P. Chase Bill has exceptional value because he and his accompanying artwork there is uh stamped on it we have the image of god stamped on us so life is valuable human life is valuable because of that divine spark because it has the image of of god that that is is being carried with it and that makes it worth so much more than any other life Um, apologies to those you know that are you know, devout animal lovers, animal life is great, but human life is of higher intrinsic value. It carries the image of God. Um, but if you are not human value, it's going to come from something entirely different. And that is the root of all of these society societal ills that you know we've kind of been talking about.
2: Whether you're you're talking about uh, mass
0: shootings or murders or crimes or abortion. It's because their value for life is something different from the intrinsic value that the Bible gives it. Does that make sense? They have a skewed
1: view of life. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Joe.
2: You look like you were itching to say something, Alan.
1: Uh, well... I was just going to say that Daniel already kind of, he touched upon the point I was going to make that that's the root of the ill will or ill, I guess, symptoms of society is where people are getting their information. Thus they don't value, you know, a few years ago, you know, and this is not a political statement. I remember, uh, you would hear a lot about workplace shootings, you know, or, uh, you know, or something would happen or a road rage, those kind of things. But that was a result of people getting caught up in the, the heat of the moment. But I think what separates people who value life and Christians is you know you're gonna have conflict with someone and, and those kind of things. But you also you realize that we have a higher calling that even when we don't like someone or that we can't just go harm somebody physically or worse. Uh, but, of course, also I know that there is a mental mental health component that's kind of, uh, you know, that it's hard to attack as well. Uh, you know, it's just such a, a dynamic. But Daniel was right that overall, the overall arching problem is is that uh, people just don't – they just view if, – if we're the, as equal as, you know, Rover, you know, or whatever you're – animal's name is then that's where the problem is and where i've seen people assign human characteristics to an animal and you know i'm pro animal as long as they're outside the house don't offend anybody that's just my opinion my my (laughs) house and uh but would you know that there's a notice there's obviously a spiritual uh and physical difference because that's what god said so and uh so I just feel like that a lot of people just simply are not valuing what's the way they think, they're valuing life.
2: Well let me <clears throat> sorry, I keep clearing my throat. Um so let me let me bring this scenario up to you though. And I, I agree with you in our current in our current day and age, I think there's a shift away from not just Christianity but organized religion as a whole. Um People have replaced God with themselves or with their uh, politics or their uh, their affiliations.
1: You know Aubrey Johnson talked about it this next generation. It's almost like a social gospel you know that they've replaced you know and if I can do enough good works then I'm I can think and behave the way I want to
2: you're right um, but what I was saying is who was the first murderer, Alan? Well, Cain killed Abel. Cain killed Abel. Cain was a believer.
1: He knew God. He talked to God.
2: God back. talked back
1: to him. It goes back to self control and children. And he
2: still killed Abel. And uh, and so, yeah, I believe that part of part of our issues right now is definitely there's a movement away from religion. But you can look in Genesis chapter four and see where. Cain was talking to God, knew God I mean, personally, yet he still took another life and didn't value that life, um, just be, just because sin was in, his, in uh, had taken over. So, how how do you approach that, Daniel, based upon what we've been talking about?
0: Well, a person can be deeply religious, but that doesn't mean that they have the the mind of God in them, the the mind of Christ. Um, People, deeply religious people, do terrible things. Uh, That's not a a guarantee that they are approaching things the the right way or or the the biblical way. Um, So just because Cain was acquainted with God, certainly was no, which obviously he, he did not. I mean, even the the demons believe in tremble, right? You're right. But they're not pleasing to God.
2: Right. So I guess, so we've got about 10 minutes left, Daniel. Daniel's, if you can't tell, is calling in. Um, so I, I guess we've identified the problem. All right, fellas, here's the hard part. What's the solution to it? Well, how, how do you, how do you... How do we show that life is valuable to those out there?
1: Well, I think our country's taken a huge step in that direction by reversing uh, laws on abortion. That that's still a a hard fought discussion, and still those discussions are still happening and still being highlighted. I think legally, that from our law system, our system of laws, that uh, that's a place for us to start as a society but I think it's an opportunity for us to, as, the, as the church to continue to show value by teaching, by evangelizing, and and helping, caring about those other folks. Yeah, loving each like, other. I, I And this is, we say we're not going to be political, and we're not. Now, I have heard somebody talk about one political group is anti-abortion, but then when kids are born or babies are born, these kids get into adulthood, then this one political party is accused of not wanting to help them as adults. You know, you get into all of that. So I think the church, we have an opportunity and an obligation to help those uh, in need and and those who are from a lower demographic who seem to have, say, more abortions, maybe. Uh, So I think the solution is, you know, continue to encourage our legal system through our representation to have those discussions to make sure our laws are in place where, which is prohibits abortion. And I think find ways to show love in our community. And, uh, you know, I'll speak here, our congregation, I know, not personally, but I've observed that our congregation, our leadership here, has actually assisted folks with mental health counseling. They have assisted them. I think you've got to acknowledge that component as well. And the church needs to help with that. Uh, and I think, and it's happening, you know, I think in a lot of places. So for me, that's my three prong response.
2: You know, I feel like the the mental health stigma, uh, there's, there's been loads written on that, but I feel like that is lessening, um, People are more open to talking about mental health than they were, say, sure. five years ago. Well, I agree.
1: I, and But I just think that congregations need to step up to the plate. And, and you know, I once uh, – I'll not let Daniel and give an answer. Uh, I met a guy, a minister down in Mississippi uh, at a summer camp, and he said his congregation uh, one I think it's one day a week or like four hours a week that they actually employ a mental health professional who will come to their – or contract with that person will come to their congregation. You make an appointment and it's done in, in private, confidential. It's confidential and you can come talk to that person at no cost to you if yeah, you're a member there. That. And that's, you I mean, you get four hours a week. I mean, the church does, and uh, but the leader, the congregation stepping up to, to address that. I think the folks who commit a lot of these heinous cri- crimes and acts, there's always a mental health component too. So, and you can't fix it. We're not built to fix every single thing, but I think we have to at least start.
0: Yeah, you're talking about uh, mental health and the stigmas with it. Uh, I, I agree that a lot of that is know Here at, uh, at college, these college students, man, they will talk about mental health. They will reveal mental health Issues to you very very freely. They're they're happy to talk about that. They spend a lot more focus on that than um, people our age and older ever did. Um, I think that's good. I think it's good too. Overall, there there's there are pros and cons, but overall, I think it's a good thing.
2: I think something that's that's good that would help society as a whole. We talked about this a little bit tonight, uh, Alan. Everybody's so isolated. Um. The more time you spend with other people, um, getting that social interaction, the more you're going to value human life, too. I mean, if you're sitting in in your room by yourself on your phone 15 hours a day or whatever, never talking to anybody, never having that reaction.
1: I know you threw out number 15 hours, but you're not too far off. You're you're pretty accurate.
2: What what what's
1: the? I I think I mean of a lot. There are a lot. I know a lot of adolescents and a lot of kids who will who will come close to spending, especially as we enter into the summer, they'll spend double digits hours on a screen. So you're you're not too Absolutely. far Absolutely, yeah,
2: Yeah, But I think if well, we've talked about we were talking about this tonight with our wives, Alan and I were. They wanted to know because uh, a little inside baseball to the listener here. This is a thirty-minute program. It takes us what an hour and a half, two hours to <laughs> by the by the time we 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 talk about how everything's going and actually record and all the tech issues I seem to always have. Um, it's time well spent, but it, it it is time well spent to me. I work alone from home. I'm not, I'm I'm alone all the time, so I really enjoy the social interaction. Now Alan, on the other hand, uh, he's been up since like dark thirty. And uh, yeah, work, and he's ready to go home. But well, okay,
1: you know, and just to, before Daniel answers Joe's question, but I just shared an article tonight in class. It's entitled "Welcome to America's Loneliest Era," and there's a subtitle that says, "Why are people across the country struggling to form meaningful connections?" And it goes back to it's all kind of tied together that if you don't have meaningful connections, and then you deal, you're more apt to deal with depression and not being able to deal with failure. And deal with challenges of life, I mean.
2: And if you are depressed, you have to force yourself to to work your way out of it. Sure. Because um, it's real easy just to sit there in it. you got to force yourself to go out and do things and be around people.
1: I, I'll share, you know, Daniel, he mentioned on, on the college campus that he's on about how more people are – more open to talking about uh, their mental health issues, I'll share something that may help you all or help the listener, dear listeners. But uh, for a long time, I've struggled with a lot of OCD issues. We joke about it sometimes, but a lot of OCD issues, a lot of anxiety, a lot of those things. So I've forced myself to do some kind of self-treatment, some, you know, looking, uh, you know, doing some research on my own, some strategies, because I've learned that we all, have some type of tendencies, personality disorders, some aware along the line. Most of us do. So that's just my observation. So don't be afraid to talk about it. Don't be afraid to do, you know, some safe research and, uh, and, and train yourself to deal with what you're dealing with.
2: Yeah. We're going to let Daniel answer. Yes, go We, we took off. Yeah. I mean,
0: I, I agree with you all. My answers, um, I guess my, my three-prong answer would be, uh, Jesus, I know maybe that sounds trite, but he's he's the answer to, to everything. And the more people can be brought into a relationship with Jesus, the more these ills are going to be corrected. And the second prong of that is closely related to that is is love. Love one another. Love your enemies. That's where so much of this is is missing politically, societally. Everything is people demonize their enemies they depersonalize their enemies so that they're just these um you know keyboard warriors there, there's not the i think um i think it was mike tyson once said alan maybe you told me this one time i don't know everybody's but, gonna play to uh, get hit in the mouth well he said that um what's wrong with society is too many people have gotten used to talking a certain way behind a keyboard without anybody punching them in the face. Um,
1: uh, I don't think I said that one, Daniel,
0: but I agree with you. So, I mean, don't agree with me, agree with him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's easy to completely begin acting like people that view things differently than you, um, whether it be politically, socially, whatever, like they're just intrinsically evil. They're not, not human. They're they're not worthy of life. We gotta love our enemies. And one of the best ways to destroy our enemy is to love them until they're not an enemy any longer. Uh, that's one of the really ironic things about about Christianity. Um, think about how Jesus won His victory in what the the world would view as being defeat. He's he's sacrificing himself and this is how he actually wins the, the great victory. So uh Jesus love, especially loving our enemies and prayer. I mean vote, be active in those ways, but prayer is going to do more to change the world than uh, anything else like that. So just make that an active part. Ask God to intervene. I I believe that God is in control of this world and, uh, we need to petition him to intervene just as strongly or more strongly than we petition our, our lawmakers. That's my two
1: cents.
2: We got trumped again.
1: I know that's good though. That's that's good. Very good. Daniel. That's that's (laughs) excellent. I think it's good.
2: Did you know that, um, Mike Tyson's a religious guy. Did you know that, Alan?
1: No, I I, I wasn't sure. I've heard that, but I wasn't really sure. But how is that? Wait, is this a joke? Is is there a punchline coming?
2: Yeah, well, he punches people in the faith. Okay. You may have to edit that (laughs) out. (laughs) I'll insert crickets for that. I
1: thought he was a whisk taker. (laughs) Oh, please don't. I think all three of us are, are on the right track with our with our responses. I mean, uh, I, I really do. I like, I like Daniel's responses, and I like yours, and I like mine. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, there's a lot more could be added, uh, you know, I'm sure. But I just think it be applicable, you know, like Daniel says, you know, God is in control. Petition him. Be faithful to him. Uh, I think even, you know, for me, something that's – if more folks would get up and, and you know, look at – Look at God's word, look at scripture. You know, I find myself in the mornings, if I can just sit down with my cup of coffee and a pen and my readers and read through Psalm 23, read Psalm 51, you know, something like that. And in my day, you know, it just seems to go better. It just does. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know why, but it seems, but I feel like in a cluttered world, so many folks are doing that 10 or 12 hour screen time and you get to, everything's just exacerbated.
2: And I think you're right, but. Dr. Frank Turek always says, you know why folks are talked out of Christianity? It's because they've never been talked into it. Exactly. And so we need to, Christians um, need to kind of, it's time to rally and start evangelizing. Um, We do a great job, I've said this before, we do a great job of keeping house and taking care of each other. We do a pretty terrible job. Of taking the word outside of the walls of the of the of the building, there. I agree with you, Joe. And so we got we got to do it better everybody, me especially me included. But um, we need to do that. But Daniel, that that's our time. I know you're not with us; you can't see the time. Uh, is there anything else, Alan, Daniel? Oh, y'all need to. I, I you got a better Mike Tyson joke than what I, I had? No,
1: I don't think so. Uh, I just know thuns out guns out. <laughs> <laughs> that's only one. That's not really a joke. It's just a little phrase. Uh, oh, but I and, think this, in and of itself, could be a. You know, a whole nother discussion, because it's such a dynamic thing with valuing life. We know God values life, and we should too, but, but the three of us do, and but uh, Christ- Christians are such a small percentage, and I just see so many people in the world, by the way they dress, act, think, talk, behave, that they don't value life, and how can we combat that? Uh, we put our armor on and head out.
2: Yeah, right. Okay. All right. Well, it looks like we may have uh, may have lost Daniel. Okay. Well, then uh, I don't know if the listener can hear that, but I will go ahead unless you want to do that. You want to try the outro for the first time, Alan?
1: Dear listener. <laughs> dear listener, we uh, no, I can't do it. Daniel's the guy. I want well, I'll to do say, it. Yeah. Daniel
2: can't do it, so I'll do it. Um, dear listener. Um, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you being with us. Hopefully the things that we've talked about are thought provoking and, um, we weren't here to, to solve the gun control issue. That's not what we're here to do, but we are here to, to preach love and p- preach Christ, uh, to our listeners. So we thank you for joining us. We thank you, uh, Daniel and Alan and I'll, uh, who else? Oh, the elders at the South Green Street Church of Christ. I hope I never have to do an outro ever again. We thank you so much for this and uh, keep soul training. Soul
0: training, Ooh. time to practice what you preach.
1: Ooh. Yes, we do. We've got soul training. To learn more, you can email us. At soultrainingpodcast at gmail.com, or you can write to us, P.O. Box 503, Glasgow, Kentucky, 42142. That's Soul Training.